I gotta wait an hour before I can talk about my employee of the month award. <laughs> you got employee of the month. It's the tease. It's the tease oh, you, for the next episode. There, I wasn't there. What? How did you get employee of the month? I, I busted my ass and earned this. No, no. I feel like this is the same thing as the Oreo incident. Nobody voted for it. He just happened to get it. <laughs> ah, that's probably true. Yeah. Did you give this I, to yourself? <laughs> no. How desperate are she really you? Wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, you already have how many subscribers, and then you go and make yourself your own plaque for employee of the month. You Wait. know what happened <laughs> here? No, I. That's really weird, Zach. <laughs> I win something nice. And she's got to run me down like that. Whatever you got to tell what, yourself. Does anyone have a picture of Randy? We can, <laughs> <laughs> we can swap this out of here. This is getting hung up in the wall down here. I'm going to be honest. That might cause some troubles in the household if you have another man as employee of the month in your house. Well, we don't have anyone on the payroll. So it's all free labor. Yeah, it's all free labor. <laughs> I still think you should just hang that in the shop. And not say anything to Nate and just keep switching the picture to yourself and see how long it takes for Nate to say something. I just think a new one every month shows up next to the other one. Oh, yeah. I think so that like after Eventually two years, there's 24 of them with the exact same picture, yeah. the same exact plaque. Just every month, a new one shows up. Eventually he's going to notice the full wall. Of them. One would think, right? They would notice the first one. How long would it take for him to say something though? Aww. It would take a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of really want to do that now because that's funny. <laughs> so back to the cookie vote thing. What's this cookie vote you're talking about? That I'm Oreo one. So everybody's heard that Oreo says that they're America's favorite cookie or something. Some nonsense like that. Did you vote for it, Zach? I did not vote for that. Becky, we already no. know you didn't. Randy, I know you didn't. Tina said she didn't. And I respect Oreo, but they would not. Who, who organized this vote? Apparently Oreo. They claim it. I don't think there's any statistics to back it up. Is it just the Oreo or is it with the milk? Or maybe their milk's favorite cookie. Because I would still, have to say if you're dunking it way, in milk, I would, have, I would have to go Oreo. No, 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 no. Randy is Googling. You're sadly mistaken. <laughs> you can't stick a fork in that and put it in your mouth. But, but, but you are you talking? Any cookie. This is well, the you, thing. You use Not a fork all. when you eat Oreos and milk. You put it in the white in the center and then you hold it down in there. That yeah, is then you don't have to get your do. fingers full of milk. Get out of here. Go, Randy. <laughs> yeah, go I agree. I've actually no. never done it, but that's Ryan, <laughs> California farmers. That's how he always does his. That's no what way. Yeah, he does sticks too. it onto a fork and puts it in the milk. I do it all the time. Did you see the it look? sounds genius. Did you see the look that Zach gave me when I asked for cookies and milk? Could you imagine the look that he's going to give me when I say, oh, I need a fork too? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably been a couple of years since I've dunked a cookie and milk, though. What's wrong That's with you? you For never, me, it's at least once a month. We don't ever have Oreos or, <laughs> or anything in. I eat Brandy, 400 cookies it. a month and I've dunked one in milk. You're doing it all time. wrong then. Well, in passing, you just grab a cookie. But not, this is one thing yeah. that I would like to point out is what you have over there is Chips Ahoy. And I would just like to say that not all chocolate chip cookies are created equal. If you're comparing the this best chocolate chip cookie in the world to an Oreo, I mean, you're going to go with like your grandma's chocolate chip cookie, yeah, right? It's, it's not going to come prepackaged. Right. No. Right. And an Oreo is better than that. Than a Chips Ahoy. But according to Nestle, Toll House. Nestle. 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 Of <laughs> This just goes to prove that all the things that my wife even, says. Nestle. I didn't even know. Because I, I, I read the Toll House and I realized that's all part of the name. I didn't, I didn't know it was Nestle Toll House. <laughs> Nestle really capitalizes the world. They do water, chocolate chips. They do. They're the most popular chocolate chip cookie in 18 states. Maybe your state was part of that. Ours wasn't. Followed by peanut butter. How, I mean, how a do they peanut butter cookie. Yep. 
I'm not a fan. I mean, I'll eat one over a raisin oatmeal cookie, but raisins don't belong in raisins don't belong in fruits do not belong in cookies or desserts for that matter. I don't like any fruit. And what about a blueberry pie? No, no, you don't like a blueberry pie? No, no, an apple pie? No, no, pumpkin's good. Is pumpkin a fruit? No, that's a vegetable. Perfect. A vegetable. My statement still stands. In fact, they are America's favorite vegetable. <laughs> I love <laughs> banana cream pie. You can say that, right? Zach, it's, it's odd because you're looking at me and playing footsies with me now. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that, but since we're there. I mean, we're bonding on a lot of things, but. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, who do we have with us in the studio today, Zach? We have Travis and Chrissy Linden. Did I say that correctly? That is correct. First generation farmers in Missouri. Yes. And I saw it today because I watched the intro earlier. You started oh. the farm in 2017. Correct. But your grandparents were farmers. Yes and no. So my grandma grew up on a farm and so did my grandpa, but those farms ended before either of them. Neither of them came back to it. My grandpa was in the army, moved all around. They never came back. By the time they came back to settle down anywhere, they settled down in Illinois, actually. My grandpa was from Southern Illinois originally. My grandma was from Iberia, Missouri, which ironically enough is not far from where our farm is. My grandparents got married at the courthouse in Waynesville, Missouri, which is about 35 minutes from our farm. So they were born on the farm. Yes. But that wasn't their career. No, no. Gotcha. And you, you had listened to stories from the farm, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. And so what made your decision to start a farm? There's a lot of that plays into it. So what started me Careful, wanting don't, don't knock the cookies off. The that table. would be a party foul. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to have spilled milk. Want to, we have not also. had spilled milk in the studio yet. We, we do need to check that off the list. Travis doesn't drink, which is fine, but he requested cookies and milk. He brought his own cookies and milk. Oh, he brought the cookies too? Yes. I did, because I wasn't oh, sure. They, they sh- I've been eating his cookies all night and didn't know it. They snuck Sharing's up on caring. the deck and Christy comes with a half gallon of whole milk and chips ahoy. And I was like, oh, let me take those for you and I'll put if your I'd milk have, in the fridge. If I'd have seen that, I wouldn't have been so confused when he asked me for his milk and cookies. <laughs> I, you like, just, I guess you that just makes more he, sense now. You just thought he saw cookies up there. So he's like, oh, that'll go good with my milk. I brought. <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't know he brought milk either. He told me there was a half gallon of milk in the fridge. So At I first, like, oh, I thought well, it was odd it. that you brought milk because I was like, well, who doesn't have milk? What a weird thing. But then now that you mentioned the whole milk. Well, everybody has milk for the most part. Yeah. No, some of them have nut milks. Then they got your soy I, milk. I think it's called nut juice. Nut juice. Nut juice. I'm sorry. Nut secretion. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. I mean, you show me the nipples on, a, on an almond. And- They're anyway. there. You got to look. There. They're there. <laughs> But we've discussed this on the podcast before. We are whole milk people here. Zach grew up on the skim milk side of things, but I have converted him. I think if I took a drink of skim milk now, I would gag. It's so However, Randy's way more weird because he purposely purchases 1%. We went back to one. One. Which is so strange. I grew up on so, whole milk out of the tank. Here, let's let's talk about the percentages real quick. So 4% is what whole milk is. I think they're playing hockey upstairs. <laughs> Nobody's crying, so that's good. Yeah. But 4% is whole milk. So- is basically 50% less fat, which is literally 2% less. Ah. 2% is going to make or break your figure. Correct. But it's the taste of it is huge though. Yes. Yes. And and I agree. So like whole milk tastes way better to me than I can drink 2%, but skim milk. Same. That's rough. To me, I don't understand why 1% even exists. For the people like Randy. Do you want good milk or skim? Almond milk is far superior tasting. Vanilla almond milk. It's good. Skim milk for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. thick and creamy like whole milk. It's 
It's not bad. It's pretty good. You know, this 1% thing, though, brings up the credibility of his Oreo statement. Well, well, you can question the credibility of anything Randy's involved with. <laughs> we go back and forth between one and two percent, but if we hit skim, you can definitely tell that. But then you go to whole milk, and it's just it's just too thick. It's too much. <laughs> Growing up, you can't swallow it. Before. Did yeah. you know all of Canada buys their milk in bags? Oh boy, <laughs> I've heard okay. that. That's actually I why actually, I wanted to come here. <laughs> I actually would like to kind of revisit this issue now because it's been, I'd say, what I'll a year rest, or Becky. two. You said what you said. And by now I am receiving more messages or emails or Instagrams or whatever that are saying that they do, in fact, get their milk in bags, bags, bags. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to restrike up all this hate mail. Again. Hang on. Yeah, I have gotten people clickety more emails right from now. people. What I think is that. The Canadians are actually embarrassed to admit that they're <laughs> buying their milk in bags because I'm receiving far more emails. They're now sending me pictures while they're in their grocery store. They're, they'll send me a photograph of their milk aisle and it is three quarters bags of milk versus cartons. What was the last one I got? Like peanut butter. Was it peanut butter? I don't know, but I'm so happy she said that. In a bag. In a bag. We all can agree that the bagged milk was probably one of the most famous things that have happened on this podcast. I guarantee that her talking about Canadians being embarrassed of back. They are in an uproar. It's a tizzy. (laughs) But some of them, some of them are proud of it. They will send an email and be like, you're right. Here it is. Here's our, you know, five aisles of bagged milk. Hope you like reading emails. (laughs) (laughs) So Planet Money did a skit on one of their podcasts about the bag bagged. Canadian milk. You didn't share that with me. I just remembered it right now. It was too short of a section to to go back and find it. No, no, I can go back and find it. But I was hoping it was like a whole 30 minute podcast. Well, I would like to be interviewed on their next segment about bag milk because (laughs) I have a lot of documentation from all of the fans. They mostly spoke to Canadians for that one. Well, I've also spoke to a lot of Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We really, we've really gone off the husk husk here. Yeah. It happens. We were talking about their first generation farm that started in 2017 and why. So most of it was literally driven by my grandparents, the stories that they had, everything else. The dream changed quite a bit because, so Christy and I got married very young. We got engaged when she was 17. I was 18. We got married two months after she turned 18 and we left Illinois. (laughs) Like literally she graduated early from high school. We were gone. And where did you go? First, we went to Washington State. Seattle, Washington is where we went. Fort Lewis is the How was there. that? Terrible. So you, I was, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. If it was a cloudy day and like 40 degrees, would you appreciate it if Zach followed you around with the mist nozzle on, on the garden hose? Because <laughs> <laughs> if so, you're going to love that place. Okay. Now, I have friends that live in Seattle and they like make fun of people who think that it's always rainy and gloomy in Seattle. I lived there for Are a year and a half. Are they stoners? And it's because they don't you, know when it's raining. They're just like. They may not know. <laughs> Literally. They do they have, go outside? They have indoor jobs. I say, do they go outside? Probably not. No. No. Chrissy, no. you were there. Yes. It is awful. It is gloomy and gray all the time. Well, not all the time. No. Okay. The two weeks in July, it's like 85 and sunny. Oh, that sounds terrible. So I have another question. Is it Christy or Chrissy? Chrissy. Chrissy. I am glad silent. You have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I changed my notes. How happy I am that you cleared that up because I'd hear 
shit about it all the time. <laughs> you said Christy earlier, right? No, he said no. Christy. Oh, you did. I did. I said the wrong say one. Christy, but oh. she, okay. I don't think she said it the second time. I heard it. It was just my Minnesotan accent. Sure. My mother-in-law likes to call me Christy just to piss me off. Oh, no. <laughs> That's good. Well, she probably <laughs> listens to this podcast, too. I doubt it. Maybe it. Well, no, we won't get into that subject. She's so, going to be disgusted to find out Travis eats milk and cookies. <laughs> And her daughter-in-law's name is Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be nothing but disappointments in this whole podcast for her. She's going to turn it off within the first 10 minutes. Yeah. So the weather there, they might've had one month where it was honestly, there's some sunshine and not necessarily month, one month straight, but one month collective of sunny days. That sounds awful. Yeah. We didn't stay there long. As soon as I had a chance to reenlist and leave there, we went, we went to Fort Riley, Kansas next. But so I say that because we left Southern Illinois. Great farming ground. Obviously very expensive to get into farming there. Right. And not being generational farm, going to be really hard just to find land in general to farm. Not saying it's impossible. We actually have a friend that did it and he's actually in the army too, or sorry, the Air National Guard, but we don't hold that against him. It's, <laughs> we're all on the same team technically. Either way, we kind of figured that it wasn't going to happen. Well, we went to Fort Riley. We really liked Fort Riley. It was a pretty cool place, but taxes were pretty high there. You know, we're not looking to buy a house. We actually stayed in an RV for, was it five years? Mm-hmm. Roughly five years. She remembers. <laughs> it was a while. A long it was a while. Time. But we Who's sa- counting? But we saved a lot of money instead of renting apartments. <laughs> we are not apartment people. No. Well, Randy and Tina are not dog people, but they bought a dog. Yeah, like but the fifth time. let me explain this one real quick. <laughs> Keeps ending badly. So we go to an apartment. This was the second apartment we lived in. The first one we left because it was, it was like Chirac almost. I mean, there's gunshots in the alleyway. We picked a poor location. So we moved somewhere else. Nice apartment complex and everything. I'm well, that, guessing that place is a VRBO now and the pictures look <laughs> awesome when you look online. Yeah. I bet it is. <laughs> it's a, that's how I'd advertise it. <laughs> yeah. But it was a nice apartment that we went to after that. And the apartment complex made a mistake. They put our contract on an old contract. So they'd updated the contracts recently and they'd changed some rules. So you couldn't do vehicle maintenance. So you couldn't change your oil in your vehicle in the parking lot, stuff like that. Too many idiots didn't use a drain pan or I guess (laughs) they're they're pretty, you know, it's Seattle area. So they're particular about what you do with that dinosaur. Sure. Well, they should know it all just flows to the ocean and it's gone. Exactly. It's convenient. (laughs) And it's right there. I mean, it's two hours away. Right. It'll be there in no time. And the Puget Sound leads it straight there. (laughs) But Anyways, they they didn't like that. So that was in the contract that you're not supposed to do that. Well, our contract didn't say that. So whenever they said something to us about it, I said, hey, I think you're mistaken. My contract says nothing about this. Well, Bill realized that while we're very young and not so naive, we read things before we sign them. So that made it to where it was difficult for them because they had to enforce different rules for us compared to other people. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. So it made it difficult for them in the environment. Well, we led to other problems. Like they didn't care that dogs were on a leash at first. Well, then people complained about our dog who didn't care about anybody else. She would stay next to me the whole time. We'd play fetch. There's a pond there. We're playing fetch in this pond. Somebody starts complaining about her being off a leash, even though she's in the pond, not bothering anybody. You know, literally runs back to me. Somebody else wishes their dog could be off a leash. That's pretty much what I'm thinking. But it goes on. So they put up signs and they talk to us, say, hey, you know, dogs have to be on a leash at all times now. I said, that's not a problem. We got an inner tube, tied the inner tube to a rope, tied that or clipped that on the dog. I'd throw the stick. She'd go out there to get it, bring me out there with her and bring me back. (laughs) I'd get out of the tube, stand up, 
throw the stick. She's on a leash. So you found the gray area. I found the gray area. They didn't appreciate it so much. Yeah. I'm glad you appreciate it. I they did not. They did not. <laughs> Anyways, we, we got to a point where we had the idea to stay in an RV and we asked them if they'd let us out of the contract without having to pay a termination fee. And they were, they were so on board about it. They're like, when do you want to leave? Like happy to do yeah. it. Yeah. We'll pack for you. And Bill even told us the, the apartment manager. He's like, I'm not mad. You're good people. He's like, you just don't mesh with the people that live here. <laughs> and it causes a lot of problems for me. <laughs> it's, it's not you. It's me. Yeah. Kind of. So I say that because, so we stayed in an RV for five years, saving money, saving BAH and uh, which is our, Basic allowance for housing is what the army gives us. And it's based off of where you're at. If you're married, different things go into it. So we saved that for a while. When we went to Missouri, we stayed in our RV for, I don't know, a couple months. Like eight months. Got to cut the mic every cut time. Cut the mic. They're making a share. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be this close to my wife. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> a long wanna, ride home. I don't want to get pushed down the escalator at the airport. Oh, because of the bum hip? Yeah. We're going to have to get to that later. We'll get to that. You and I have that in common. We do. Well, yours is worse than mine, but we'll keep it. Not anymore, clearly. (laughs) Did you see how easily I came down the steps? Randy had to damn near catch you. (laughs) I would have came down easily. He didn't have to wait five minutes to figure out which foot to step on on the escalator either. (laughs) I legit for a second there thought he was coming down the steps. So that's over tea kettle. I did the mom thing. As he's in the middle of telling us how tough the escalator was. (laughs) slips and almost kills himself. He trips and chucks his <laughs> on the steps. I did the mom thing and I waited at the top of the stairs and I went <gasps> and then the I waited for somebody to cry. I was like, just don't react. Just don't react. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Oh, thank, oh, thank God he's not at the bottom crying. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Randy would have cried. Who would have guessed that moving stairs would be simpler than the ones that are stationary? I, I didn't see that coming, honestly. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know what we're talking about now. The Missouri. apartment guy was mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so we stayed in an RV for a while. We stayed in it for a couple months in Fort Leonardwood area. And then we found a place where we were caretakers for the land. So we got to stay there rent free. We paid an electric bill, maintained the property for a doctor in St. Louis. And then when he came out, he'd visit. There's two houses that are connected. They have a common connection. Anyway, so we'd take care of that, stay there rent free, save more money. And then that's, a, that's an awesome deal for everyone. It was. Yeah. And then I went to Afghanistan in 2012. My dad actually passed away while I was in Afghanistan. But at that time, we'd had enough time in Missouri that we kind of knew that this is where we wanted to call our home forever when I retire. When I came back for his funeral, we did look for some houses. We did find one that we wanted. It's the one we bought and we're still in today. Anyways, we got through, they finished the deployment, went back, finished my deployment, came back. We didn't start a farm yet. That was in 2013. Went to Fort Hood. Wanted to desperately come back to Fort Leonardwood. So I called Branch, who's the ones that decide where we go. Called them, said, hey, I want to go back to Fort Leonardwood. How can I get there? And they said that drill sergeant would be the easiest way to get there. So I said, sign me up. I'll do it. So got selected for drill sergeant, which is, it is a good thing. And I will honestly agree that the top 10% of the NCOs in the army are drill sergeants. But just like anything, we do still have some that are problem children. Most of them do get weeded out at the academy, but I say that because I don't want people to have an unrealistic expectation. Like there's bad people everywhere kind of thing. They send us back to Fort Leonard Wood. We get back and talk with the neighbors. It's like, we're thinking about getting into sheep. Kind of got the idea from a neighbor. No, 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 no. We were thinking about getting cattle. We were. Okay. We originally were going to do cattle. Cattle take a lot more land, take a lot more resources. They eat a lot more hay, obviously. 
sheep made more sense because at the time we only had 10 acres. So restrictions. Plus, it's a lot more risky when you're drunk to just sneak out in the middle of the night and ride cattle. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, no, well, I don't think so. Have sheep. Come on. I don't think so. <laughs> BJ and Jason are more than capable of that and probably have done it. I, I almost guarantee that we've heard a story of them doing it before. But it's safer with the sheep. You won't get far. Uh, that's facts. <laughs> and if you fall off, that it's like not as high mutton busting, right? Yeah. Adult mutton busting. Yeah. That, well, that's what cattle would be is mutton, adult <laughs> mutton busting. If you put an adult on a sheep, I mean, it just flat. <laughs> uh, all four legs just spread out like a cartoon. <laughs> but yeah, so we started with three It'd be of like them. you falling down our steps. And what Randy would look like when you landed on him. Yeah. Just, pow. <laughs> I don't think so. Similar. Who's crying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we started with three just to see how much of a pain in the ass they were. Because goats, we had a neighbor that had goats and constantly had problems with them getting out. Didn't want to fight that. Didn't want to deal with it at all. Especially as a drill sergeant, I'm like, I leave for work. Like, I have to be at work at four in the morning. So I'm getting up. Yeah, at, they're pretty flexible. Yeah, that, I mean, though, right? you know, as long as you're there by nine. <laughs> So I get up at 3.15. I mean, I have all my stuff prepped for the next day already. Like I literally get up, throw my clothes on, brush my teeth. I'm gone and shave. So real quick out the door. Well, when we had three of them, not a big deal. But as it gets bigger and we have more of them, before you know it, Chrissy's getting up around the same time I am because I don't have time to feed them because I, I don't get home at night until 20, well, 2100 for you military folk, 9, 9 o'clock. Yeah, 9 p.m. for civilians. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's long. So days. I assume you do that in like, you'll do short stints and then you have, you do that every day year so round? The way it's, it's pretty well set up. So basic training is broken down into phases. There's three phases specifically. So red, white, and blue are the phases. They're all three weeks long, approximately. And red phase is the first one. Red phase, every drill sergeant, every day, you have to be there. Then we have to be there early because we're waking them up, everything. We're showing them what the army is, how it's going to work. If you can't get on board life's going to be tough. So those first three weeks, the more you put into it, the easier your life will become. Now, the downside is those first three weeks are hell for your family. Your kids, you don't see them. You don't see your wife. I mean, she was up. She'd usually stay up and wait for me to get home. At least we'd see each other for that short duration. And I mean, I was so tired. I'd take a shower, eat something that she'd already have prepared for me. And I'd go to bed because I got to get up again to do it all over again. So you do this for three weeks? So that phase is three weeks and that phase is by far the most demanding. Now, white phase is still demanding because that's where we start going to ranges. The days are long, not because of we have to be there, but more along the lines of there's just a lot of things that have to get done in a short amount of time. And so you're preparing everything for the next day, just like I do at home to, to be ready to go. We're doing the same thing at work. Everything is prepared. Everything is ready to go for the next day. We have meetings, making sure everybody understands what they're doing, when they're doing it, how they're doing it so that everything can be as smooth as possible because there's a few reasons. One, ranges are incredibly dangerous. And is that because of the flying bullets? I mean, not so much that as the mosquitoes, but (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's a danger aspect to it that you really want to mitigate. So we mitigate that by being well-rehearsed, well-oiled machines. And And wearing DEET? Oh, of course. (laughs) The bulletproof vest. They got to get there early to light the citron. I would assume (laughs) assume DEET is army issued, right? It is. I mean, it's effective. I know we haven't grown any extra appendages yet. (laughs) So you got that (laughs) now. So that thing on your neck is normal? (laughs) Of course. Just a quick thing on the DEET. We had a friend that was against DEET, like against bug spray. Wouldn't take it, wouldn't, no way. And then like two or three summers ago, she got Lyme's disease from a wood tick. 
Then Did that change like your mind? The next, the next two years, she's like, I'm, I'm on the deed train. Like, where's the deed? Deed me up. She was all about the deed after yeah. she had limes. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. Deet right? or D? Deet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, it, it's a gray area. So, you know. <laughs> communication is key, Randy. Communication is key. <laughs> In the field, there's no time for downtime. And when the pressure is on, you need to trust your equipment to stand up to the task. That's when you turn to Mystic for performance and protection you can count on. Mystic lubricants are specially formulated to keep up with your demands. Now, you might be asking yourselves, how can that be? Mystic products are developed in real-world conditions with real-world workers in mind. And that means that your equipment is covered regardless of what's happening outside. With Mystic, you can get to work with confidence knowing your lubricants are engineered to thrive even under the most extreme and unforgiving conditions. Go ahead. Put your equipment to the test anytime, anywhere, because when it comes to superior performance and unmatched protection, Mystic always delivers. And when your equipment is protected, so is your livelihood. It's the reason so many folks choose to ride with Mystic. Because out here, performance under pressure isn't a request. It's a requirement. Go to mysticlubes.com to learn more about their line of products. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Honestly, I, the DEET works well, but like off, I feel like sometimes when I wear that, I feel like it attracts bugs. It just makes it worse. Sometimes I feel like yeah. that, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just the bugs they're used to. I don't know. Okay, so okay, the so second three white. weeks. Oh, so the white yeah, phase. The white phase is trickier because you have so many moving pieces. You have privates that are new to the army, most of which, if I was going to guess a percentage, I'd say 90% have not touched a firearm, not fired a firearm. So they're already incredibly nervous. 90% of these privates coming in have not touched a firearm? Yeah. Across the army, not necessarily in each individual basic training, but across the army, I would say that's probably about the right percentage of it. Is there a statistic on how many men come from like rural America versus the cities? I will tell you that it's going to sound bad on the army's part. But the Army does recruit more in inner cities. And I'm just going to say it right now. The Army has provided a, a wonderful life for my family and I. I can't complain. I don't think the pay is that bad, honestly. Because, I mean, think about it this way. I do not have a college degree. I have college education based off of experience. There's colleges that will give us college credits. Credits from our experiences in the military or from our schools in the military. Is that kind of a relatively new thing? I mean... Like obviously um, Vietnam vets didn't get that. No, did they? no, I would definitely say it's, it's post nine 11. I would say within the last 10 years, it's gotten far more of a thing, but like right now I'm actually I think I'm like seven credits away from a degree in like a general studies degree. Okay. And for not having stepped foot in a college classroom or even enrolled in a college class, I'm very much okay with that. Yeah. I'm also so okay with it. I gave my GI bill to my wife because I know that college is just not for me. I didn't realize you could do that. Yeah. I after you've served either. so long, you can pass it to a family member. Sure. So I chose not to use it. I passed it to her and then I also gave one month to each of the kids so that if she changed her mind and didn't want to use it, because once you, once you start that process, whatever family members are on there, that's it. It's locked in. You can't add somebody else later. Sure. So I just added all of them. And then if she uses it all great, if she doesn't, split it up. The kids can have what's left. I have no use for it. But I say that because the army offers an opportunity that no other organization can truly and honestly offer you. 
to walk out of a high school, even if you have a GED. So say you don't even finish high school, you get a GED, come in the army, learn how the army operates, actually function well in the army. It's not going to matter if you have a Harvard degree, it's going to matter your work ethic, your ability to lead soldiers and actually take care of soldiers. It's not just based off of, oh, well, you know, this guy has a degree. He needs to be a sergeant. It's not how it works. They have to see and understand that you are going to be capable of taking care of America's sons and daughters and ensuring their safety. So I say that because inner cities and rural areas don't have a whole lot to offer. There's not a lot of jobs around. Like if I wasn't going to retire from the army and my farm hopefully make up the difference in my income that I lose, I wouldn't be able to stay in Robie, Missouri. I would have to go somewhere else that offers jobs because there's nothing else there. The same thing happens in inner cities. You know, you have fast food places, you have jobs that are good for high school students. They're good for college students. They're just not good for somebody to have a career. And the army offers that and they can take you away from that life. Now you can always come back to it. You know, say you do four years and you're done. The army's not going to stop you from going back home. But there's a lot of times that kids, I say kids because it's, you know, even yeah, at 18, you're kids, a kid, you have yeah. no life experience. I was a kid They're when babies. I left Illinois and went to, as a married man, you know, like my wife and I have no How old are you? Are you? You're about our age. I'm, I'm 33. Oh yeah. So a year I will say I looked much younger before my drill sergeant years. We have a picture right beforehand and right and like after. So you enlisted in high school. So right post 9-11. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I joined. So uh, May of 2005 is when I joined, but I did split up so I could go to basic training and then come back, finish my high school up and then go to my AIT. And then I went active duty after that. Okay. It's a wonderful thing. I, I don't regret it at all. Truth be told, had I known that I could be in the army with a GED, I would have really considered dropping out at of high school at 17, joining the yeah. army active duty and just being gone. Right. And you know, we didn't have a bad home life or anything. It's just, I liked the army. The stories that my grandpa told me really pushed me to it. You know how it is when a grandparent tells you stories and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like some stories you're just like, oh, that sounds cool, grandpa. Like I was riveted. Like I would sit there wholeheartedly invested in the stories telling and it just carried on. And I, I loved it. It's the same grandpa that would tell you the stories from the farm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I spent most of my childhood with him. My mom wasn't a bad mom. She worked full time and went to school so she could get her degree in nursing. So she did wonderful things for our family, obviously, but obviously it took time away from us being together, Yep. but I'm okay with that. And I love the relationship I had with my grandparents. I would, to this day, I love my mom, mom. If you if you do listen, I do love you. <laughs> but I absolutely the time that I had with my grandparents is just irreplaceable. And yep. I don't know. It, it's just I, I think other people that spend a lot of time with their grandparents will just understand it. But the army can honestly change people's lives, no matter where they're from. Say they have a really nice home life, a ritzy neighborhood, and everything else. They can still offer you a lot of things that you just cannot get. There's, whoa, there's whoa, nowhere whoa. else to a haircut. I thought she was pointing out the haircut. <laughs> Chrissy pulled his hat off as in, she in was of uh, saying all the back. things. The, the army military. can offer you a lot of things, and she pulled his hat off like a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a free haircut. The haircuts are not free; you have to pay for it. Oh, but for right real? away, yeah, like yeah, even in basic training, everything that you get, other than yeah. your uniforms that the army is issuing you, you're paying for. So, like socks. How much is a haircut? And basic, it's like eight dollars, eight ninety five. Oh, you're I mean, getting that's not a good a deal. deal. No, I mean, but you get one option. <laughs> not a lot of choices. It's skin on the sides and on top. Can you choose not to cut your hair? No. Okay, I have. Well, uh, no, actually, I take they that take back, Randy. Those freedoms away, Randy. I take that back. You could do that, but you're gonna have to join the Air Force. 
Ah, ooh, ooh, that's a sick burn to the Air Force guys out there, huh? Tina's brother. Don't worry. Okay, I just have one now because we're on the haircut thing. So, how do you end up being a barber in the military? Like, oh, they're they're contract. They're they're not they're military guys. Contracted out. Oh, yeah. they used to have barbers, but a lot of things are contracted out. Really? So the guy cutting your hair, he's not in the army? No, no. So they have contractors that fulfill these positions. Really? And there's right. a lot of things in the army that they contract out, and it makes sense when you break down the numbers. To pay somebody a salary, and not only that, well, but and I they're think, shorthanded. I would assume, right? The military is shorthanded, yeah, I mean, so can, they need you in the pits. They're not going to just let you yeah, cut hair. So let me put it this way: the whole time I've been in the army, the first time that I filled a position that was actually the rank I held was as a drill sergeant, and I only did that for the first year as a drill sergeant, and then I was a senior drill sergeant. And so now I was filling a sergeant first class or an E7 position as a staff sergeant. So you're always, you're going up? Not always. So I'm just going to say it now. If you think the army needs you, you're wrong. The army does not need you. Somebody is going to fill that position. As bad as this is going to sound, if you get shot and killed in action, somebody is going to fill your position. The army is going to move on. So they promote from within a lot, you're saying, <laughs> obviously. Well, we don't have as many losses as the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep burning on them. That's what I do. When they say we need guys to go to Afghanistan, you can't be like, yeah, but no, so a, a I whole, really like cutting my own hair and feeling pretty. Yeah. Can I well, just stay back and be the barber? So even when you go down range, you can cut your own hair. Like some of us bought clippers and we just cut our own hair. They let you but, do that? Yeah. You can cut your own hair. Oh. Now we have regulations that specify what your hair has to look like as a male or as a female. So why would only and, some, it seems to me like, Hey, Joe's got the clippers. Just pass it around the tent. Not I'll, everybody's like as this. talented as you are with the so, haircut sack. You know I mean. how, like you like green paint, right? Yeah. I don't. I like orange paint. Okay. Not Kubota either. Alice Chalmers, but either way. So like the preferences of like, it's kind of like that. And, and some people are like, no, no, no. I need somebody like a professional I mean, they're a professional barber. I guess if you get a license, you're a professional. So they want that professional to cut their hair, line it up, et cetera. They want to Other people, haircut. I don't give a shit. In Afghanistan, I'm not here to look pretty. I'm going to get shot at. I'm going to be so embracing the suck. When you're overseas, like you're in Afghanistan. They don't yeah. send barbers even, over there, do no, they? No, no. They'll the be somewhere that, local that'll do it, or they'll have a contractor, something set up for you to be able to get haircuts, or you can just cut your own. So when you go get a haircut, do you tell them a male or a female haircut? Do they ask well, which way you identify? I, no, I guess you don't ask. Now don't they probably, tell. No, no, that's not a thing anymore. They, they, they all get we don't the care. same haircut. As long as you're fighting for our team, we don't really, we really don't give a shit. Trying to it's, keep up it's, with the news. Don't, don't ask, don't tell. Used to be a thing. Yeah, but how long? But can't do that anymore. Well, even then, you could tell. So <laughs> <laughs> you weren't allowed to ask, but you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to sound bad, but either way. Yeah. At the end of the day, the army doesn't care so much about any of that shit anymore. It used to be a big controversy and it's not a social experiment, but it kind of is, I guess. Like when they start doing that, if it causes problems, the army would revert, but was the there army is really the, widespread problem with that? Or was no. it just a, it was a media story. Yeah. I That's wish would, there really well, wasn't well, an issue. The people there involved was probably had it figured. Some, I mean, I'll put it this way. After sure, being a drill sergeant, situations that they would take care of as necessary. After being a drill sergeant, I hate to wish this on the future drill sergeants, but I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of everybody having mandatory service because the army teaches you that it doesn't matter where you're from. Like nothing matters at all about you. It takes nothing. away the individuality. It takes it away completely. Yeah. So I don't care if you're from Los Angeles, California, 
and you're black and I'm white and I'm from some Midwestern town, at the end of the day, we're on the same team. And the funny thing is, is people that are from completely different places will polarize each other because they're curious about the other person. Like they're curious about what their life was like, what it was like growing up in LA. What was it like growing up in the middle of nowhere? And those stories and those bonds grow rapidly. Now, yeah. Why can't we just take that methodology and induce it into all of society? Like, why, why do we have all these damn? I, I'm going to let my wife answer How that question. You? As a school teacher, she could tell you. <laughs> but I mean, our military, if they've got it, well, they have it down now. They didn't before. Yeah. But if they've got it down now, I mean, that to the, me sounds amazing. The difference is, is that when you walk into my basic training, I have complete control of your life. Right. You want to call home? Tough shit. Everything is controlled by the drill sergeant. And while the first couple of weeks is going to dictate whether or not that soldier is honestly going to make it, that's going to be the biggest determining factor. Assimilation, if you have somebody that's racist, they can't be in the army. That is one of the biggest things that will put you up. That, sexual assaults, anything that they're doing like that, we can't tolerate. Because at the end of the day, when we're fighting an enemy outside of the United States, we can't have some sort of conflict going on within our ranks. And not only that, but everybody has to be comfortable with each other. Nobody should be wondering. That makes sense. You can't Are they have actually yeah. in the locker room. No, no, no. That's, doesn't work that's that a frowned upon thing. <laughs> so the other thing is, is that there's nothing stopping parents from showing that. There's nothing stopping that. Like our kids, we specifically do not let them describe somebody by their skin color. Yeah. Because that is a piss poor way of describing somebody. So I get that. But at the same time, I'm like, well, it's a description. It is a description. Are I, they tall? Short, I agree with skinny, that. fat, blonde hair, right. dark I was hair. Say, like, but, but we're trying, like, yeah. but we're, that's, that's a lazy, it's the laziest is, way to describe is. somebody. And that's my point. So you like, could be short, the shortest guy in the room right here. The easy description. Now, if I was the black guy in the room and I also happened to be the shortest one, which would you pick? So if somebody came in and said, which one's Travis? The dude in the Freedom Farm shirt. Exactly. But so many people are so willing to be like, like you see it in the news all the time. Black guy, this white guy, that is a piss poor way. That's for views. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what that is. <clears throat> it I guess you're saying that's, like, that's like, for, yeah, if you have I a room, of, like, if you you have have room no, of black guys and there's one white guy, you're going to say the white guy. The white guy. If it's yeah. split half and half. But, then also, you're but say that's also kind of what's... Or, I think it kind of depends which which situation you're in. If you're in a group of with all of your best friends and one of your best friends is black, I think the better way to describe him is is the funny guy that I don't know. But if you're standing 100 feet away, right? Yeah. And there's one black dude in the middle of 30 white guys. I got you. It's the black dude. But the difference is. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Exactly. But that's the difference. You're describing it just as a simple like, hey, that's Zach over there. He's the tall black guy, right? Yeah. You're describing it as trying to pick somebody out and say, we need to find him or whoever, right? The problem is, is that society doesn't use it like that. Society uses it in every way possible that creates controversy. To spin it negative. Exactly. Yeah. That's what makes it so much harder. But I agree that if schools would enforce stuff like that, they have a harder time though, because then you're going to have that one parent that comes and says, well, you can't tell my kid how to speak. Okay, you're right. I can't tell your kid how to speak, but maybe you should educate your kid a little more. Maybe you should talk to your kid about how the situation you know, could be public easier. Public school is all sorts of stuff. I mean, it is. And I hear it all the time from her. It is hard for the teacher to make a Me. difference without a parent buying in. If you talk about the, not rights, I don't know, what a teacher can do now to enforce her classroom or to do whatever compared to what they could do 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. You it's, know, if you're talking that's about. That's true with anything. That's not just with school. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all across the board. But 
you know, getting slapped with a ruler on the hand. Nobody likes that, but it got the point across. The thing is that there was that one parent that, well, Timmy, he's a good kid, but that doesn't mean Timmy's a good kid all the time. Sometimes you have to listen to the other adults to figure out what Timmy was doing. But sometimes there's some real jackass adults also. I remember when Onyx started hockey. This was a few years ago now, but when they started the not on the ice, good cookie break. Look at him go. Dip that cookie. The not on the <laughs> Should ice. I drown it? What you, I'm, Should I, I don't milk know board it? Uh, what, dry land. Oh, dry, dry land. land training. Yeah. And like the first day of that, I remember seeing them like they reamed the kids out pretty good because they wouldn't settle down. Because they were just out of control. Yeah. Just, but like, I was like, hell yeah. Like they got to listen to other adults, right? I just thought yeah. it was a great thing. Yeah. You're looking a bit pale, Randy. You need a cookie? No, I'm good. Blood sugar a little low. He's <laughs> <laughs> got some whole milk there for you. Yeah. I did daycare for almost 10 years and there's no fix to that solution. You know, everybody, parents, different, everybody. And that's the other thing. Like we all produce such different children. You know, some of us are producing the next doctors. Some of us are yep. producing the next nurses. Some of us are producing the next child caretakers. Like we, there's some a place in the world. The shithead. Yeah. And, and my, <laughs> somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I, I got some of them upstairs. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> but, but Becky, everything you just said, that is what makes that flag so unique. There is no other country in this world that has the exact setup that we do. Look at the Olympic teams. Yeah, I you think didn't, everybody. You didn't I, notice the diversity in, the, in China? No. <laughs> uh, were, were you on their team? <laughs> you I love the Olympics. I seriously, I, every four years when it comes on, I, it is so enlightening. I enjoy it, but I noticed this year, apparently my algorithm isn't interested in the Olympics because I have not seen one single Olympic clip. We have not one. I watched we all the most TikTok this wrestling year. wins was it? ever like that we've ever had. And we also took most of the medals from everybody else. too. I saw that we have the highest gold medal count and medal count in general. Yeah, but specifically in wrestling, it's the highest we've ever received. We're producing some good wrestlers. That's awesome. Because wrestling. I grew up in a wrestling yeah. town. Produce lots of good wrestling. You know what I honestly have a hard time believing is an Olympic event? Synchronized swimming. Have you watched some of that? It is incredible. I'm not, see you do that. I'm not saying it's not hard. I agree. It, is, it, it would be difficult. It blows my because mind. Because nobody's going to be able to match me flopping around. That's true. And then holding your breath. Like and oh, geez, It just please. seems to me that there's things that are more of a life skill. Well, I, I want that one because it's really like cool. Throwing a lead ball. <laughs> you can high knock somebody jumping. out with that. Yeah, high jumping? True. How that's often? True. How about the how speed often walking? Are you have that there's pole, practical though. abilities there. How so, often are you going to have the pole, walking? though? Speed walking. You said what? Speed walking. Are you is trying to make fun of me, Zach? Event? Because no, I can't speed walk. Right <laughs> what, is, what, is the, what do they call it? They do the speed walking thing. I, I did not know it. that was a thing. That's on TikTok. That's on the Olympics? What is that? Is it a Tina's thing? Googling. Okay. Well, Tina's Googling. Oh. I didn't know handball was a thing before this year. And when I learned about the women took a stand to not having to wear a bikini bottom, good for them. But apparently it's like lacrosse mixed with soccer, but you use your hands instead of your feet. It's good yeah. for those women. I but like I'm going to call it right now, but the viewing dropped a lot. Yeah, oh, well, shit. but that's, that's, why. The sa- that's the sad part of Look society. But that's exactly why the Olympics are enforcing it. And so then on those women's behalf, I think that the women should be getting paid more. If you're going to require them to wear a bikini bottom to up your ratings, then they should pay them more. Because if they're think, the ones bringing in the views, then... Do you think that would bring more YouTube views if I wear a bikini bottom? Well, I can tell you that when uh, I'm in the I, thumbnail, we make dramatically more money. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't tune in. But 
Certain people would. <laughs> Chrissy? Tina is confirming there is speed walking in the Olympics. Uh-huh. Race, Race walking. walking. Did we win? So hold on. How, How do they determine they... when they're running or walking? That was my question. So there's a funny story about that. The army has, so the old PT test, there's a standard on when you're walking or when you're running. If one foot is not oh. in contact with the ground, you are running. Wildland, the same thing for them to certify for like wildland fighting. What's wildland? Green, green card, I think they call it right Firefighting. Card. Wildland fighting? Yeah, for- the, Wildfires? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> like the what hot does, shots, they, they're certified for that. What and does walking or running- When you're fighting a fire? Well, you gotta you gotta be able to walk with your with all your gear, your pack on. You gotta walk so many such a distance in such a time, and you right? can't run it. Oh. You can't run. It's I do fun. find that interesting that you can't so run. Somebody's it. watching to make sure there's always a foot in contact with the ground. But why don't they want you to run? Why wouldn't they just want you to like if you're? It's more of an endurance thing. They just oh. they want so you can. That is one thing I will say. They want you to hump it. If you have to walk and pass a PT test, I would much rather run. One, it's over quicker. They say it's, it's much simpler. Everyone that has told they said it's harder. Harder. Yeah. I would agree with you. See that. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. For sure. Fascinating. So we got to go back to this. What'd you call it? Race walking? You didn't did, find a video? Did we win any medals? You are the worst Googler we have had all night. <laughs> she, she gave me a picture. All there of this is a holy walking. shit race walking, and that's it. Here's a video. Is she busy making uh, cock holsters or? Cock hol- yes. I did notice she must have finished the washcloth and moved on to something else. For those of you that are wondering what the rest of us are talking about, Tina's here grandstanding tonight and she's knitting as usual. Not crocheting. Oh, she is crocheting, crocheting, not knitting. (laughs) (laughs) We need the sound in front of the mic, Randy. There's a lot of them. What in the hell? All right, everybody go and Google this. This is the first thing I've seen of the Olympics this year. That's the best description I've heard of it. Where's the nearest port shitter? It's just a group of constipated people. <laughs> so like the poor guy in back, you know he just wants to take off and run to the front quick, but he can't. Just I a, guess. Just a couple jogs. The guy leading on the motorcycles, like guys, I can't slow down. That has to take a lot of. Store, I'm gonna tip over. <laughs> that has to take a lot of referees to enforce the not running thing. Well, I think that as long as the people dudes get 800 feet ahead of the other 47 people, they ran. When nobody Cheaters. was <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, it's coming down to the way. They probably have a longer stride. This is what Zach is going to be watching for the next two weeks. He's going to get uh, really yes, into Katsuki. it. I bet you can't hold your camera for your YouTube videos while you're walking like this that. This guy definitely just, they showed it in slow-mo. He's got both feet off the ground. I'm going to protest this. There you go. <laughs> it is ridiculous. So now, if you get caught running, do you get set back like, you know, 20 I feet or something? probably got a limit. I, I've seen a lot of stupid you things. Yeah, a few steps. There you go. Time deduction. I just started watching, uh, what have we been watching? Formula One racing? Yeah. That's a whole nother interesting thing. All right, Zach, put it away. This is like he lunch, can't stop. Lunch. He can't stop watching. It's like when lunch hits at the nursing home. <laughs> oh my god! There you go. That's probably the best. That or having to poop. Oh, well, yeah, those are both very good descriptions of the movements. That's good. That stuff. might be a podcast that. title. But I think they should have to wear bikini Lunch? bottoms. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the chafage on your thighs? 
I can. They got to use the lotion talc powder so it sticks better and works longer. Yeah. Fresh Makes balls. Sense. Yeah. Fresh balls. Fresh are, balls. Pure Romance has one now, Tina. What's it called? I can't think of it. Come and go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gas station. Funny story about that. The first time we left Illinois, first gas station we see when we go into another state, we were in Kansas. Anyways, first time we ever seen a come and go. Swung into the old come and go. We, oh, man. We were rolling. We lost it. I couldn't believe how like, I was like, are you seeing this, Chrissy? Any other way? <laughs> I kept, I had a tap like, Are you seeing this? Are you seeing it? Look at that gas station. Take a picture of that. Do they still exist? Yeah. Yeah. There's one right outside of Fort Leonard Wood. Oh, you get, you guys have one? Travis, we have one around here. Travis was correct. The rules require the competitor to main contact with the ground at all times. And in bold, it states requires the leading leg to be straightened as the foot makes contact with the ground. That sounds like that might be a little more strict than the army. Because you can clench your ass together better. Hey, (laughs) your legs straight. (laughs) I would not do that on purpose. So I don't know if maybe they have no running profiles like some of the soldiers, but. They look like they're in pain. <laughs> yeah. Ah, 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 ah. I've walked in. Can they wear Crocs? <laughs> you know, no. specify what footwear they can wear. The army, no. You have to wear tennis shoes. You can't wear Crocs in the army? You know, I get a lot of shit on our YouTube channel because I wear flip-flops like sometimes when I'm welding or just doing stuff that I probably shouldn't be wearing flip-flops, which I agree. Yes, I shouldn't. But like one of them was weed eating. Like my arms are too short for me to possibly get myself with the weed eater. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> So like stuff like that. Yeah, I get it. It's just not, there's no way, but like the welding, I'm just so used to it. And like the army, I have to wear boots all the time. Get sick of it. Sick yeah. Of it. Like yeah. my feet need to breathe. So I do that in the car. And I take my boots off. I do that once in a while, but boy, things got to be going good. Cause it seems like I always have to well, as soon as you take <laughs> them take off. Your boots that's when something goes wrong. Back on. Only like when my feet start to sweat. Has anybody ever caught you with your boots off? I think that would make for such an awkward I, moment. I, the eight RT floors. I don't, think so. I, they, I don't think that's that. The eight RT floors get so hot running a planter because you're using so much hydraulics. Yes. So then I, I come into spring where I'm not used to wearing boots for 20 hours a day and you wear boots for 20 hours a day for two weeks. Oh yeah. And it just destroys my feet. Like I got to take them off once in a while. I'm with you. So yeah, you should try flip-flops. Oh, Zach. I'm not going flip-flop. You wear flip flops. Okay, even a crop. Well, not not when I'm working. No, when you go to the lake so, or yeah, I barely wear flip flops. I mean, even when we're on vacation in Mexico, I can't wear them at night. I remember I wear them during the day, but uh, my feet start to hurt from flip flops. We have the special. You wear them high, often. I enough. do have special high arch flip flops. <laughs> I think <laughs> I have two pairs now. I, I remember going on a vacation with Randy once upon a time. I think he still runs into this where. He doesn't know how to walk. He could, you had to learn how to keep him on your feet. I went Zach went through the same thing. I still, I still, I still do. do. I still squeeze my toes. It's a not bit. natural. I think they that's why I got to put tennis shoes on. It might keep, be. I don't they, squeeze my toes at all. No. But I wear the oh, so the, <laughs> they just stay. Yeah. But I yeah. So like, there's no. You know how you had like what used to be called thongs, the flip flops that had the little. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I okay. still wear. I don't wear those ones. Oh, so you wear like oh, Jesus those. sandals? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no, he so wears the, the slides. Like yeah, you what slide your hand. You slide like, your foot in. But they don't separate your toes. Uh, like what your dad wears. Yep. I mean, he doesn't Maybe. wear them that often. I don't follow like your dad around. Velcro. Tension, no, no, they're tensioner. Just, no, they're just, I wish I could find them with Velcro because that would be convenient. Velcro tensioner. That's because there's yeah. times like when I'm in the tractor and I'm cutting hay and my feet start to get a little sweaty. So I just kick them off. But then I've got dirt all over all my feet because I didn't clean the cab out. So it'd be nice to be able to loosen the Velcro. Wear those in the hay field? Oh, yeah. Zach, OSHA would not be impressed. I wear shorts when I'm cleaning out grain bins. OSHA would shit a brick if they showed up. 
This Osha would shit a lot of breaks. If he showed up. <laughs> he, a lot I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years he'll start wearing Crocs or something. He'll go a little more free. Because I remember the day that he started to wear shorts to work and he came home from the farm. So and much like, better, right? I'm never wearing pants again. Like, oh, it's, never no... felt so free in his life. I'm like, telling you. Now I put a pair of jeans on in the summer and I'm like, oh, no. See, and that's I how can't I am. get out of these. I, I, I said, that's how I feel. I'm like, oh, it's too hot. It's not like I'm back there with the equipment running. Like I turn the, the Moco, we turn it off, obviously, when we go back there to check things, unless we're listening for a certain noise. But even then, I'm not sticking my toes in the damn machine. Right. I mean, that's natural selection at that point. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. People either. don't usually purposely stick their toes in there, though. No. I feel like it's usually a But that's a good way to see if your blades are sharp. <laughs> Generally, that's an accident when it happens. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You think so? <laughs> I bet you there's somebody that. Just sat there and like, I wonder. I was like, I'm wearing shorts. You turned it on? Jeez. I just looked over at the fireplace and I was like, I don't think I've had that much to drink. I I did not turn the fireplace (laughs) on. I was trying to motion to Zach that he can reach the remote. He should turn that damn thing off. And it's him? It's chilly down here, Randy. Good Lord. (laughs) You should have came prepared. You just made me. Let this not distract you from the fact that all of Canada gets their milk from a bag. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) You you heard it here first on Off the Husk. Are you or someone you know looking to add a revenue stream to your farm business? Why not become a community builder with FBN? You can partner with one of the fastest growing companies in ag while choosing the products you sell and working on your schedule. There's no better way to build your bottom line while providing farmers with access to cost-efficient inputs delivered direct to farm so that they can build their bottom line. If you're interested, visit fbn.com build to sign up to become a community builder with FBN today. So we still need to go back to basic yeah, training. Oh, oh yeah, okay. we're oh, still sorry. in the white. We're still in white. He farms. Sorry, right? so so <laughs> I, yeah. So I'm, and I, yeah. I also we're recording a whole other way tonight because I had technical difficulties. Are all the mics on. Yep. Just checking in case that would ever happened to somebody. I did before. a test run and it was good. So was that Dita's name? Erica. Oh, that was Eric and Erica. Oh, we could talk about Erica for just one brief second. So she was just nominated for like Minnesota Farm Woman of the Year Farm with female of the year. four or five other ladies. Erica didn't win. Another lady did. I should know her name. I knew oh, three it, of the five women a guy? that I saw. It. No, I thought a guy she was. I feel bad because that other lady is just as important as Erica. And I she should, should contest know her name. It though, because Tina, can you look that up? Why should she contest? She should contest this because they ask if all of the ones that are being nominated identify as a woman. Because oh, that could knock some of them that out. That right would there. really open up a whole other can of worms. <laughs> you know, boy. Is this like the Oreo thing where she just came in and claimed it? There you go. <laughs> when Erica comes on, we're going to have to tell her she better like ask for testosterone testing. <laughs> 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 now results. I feel bad for whoever won. No, you are well deserving. Yes. Yeah. But it's all, yeah, in, absolutely. all in fun. Yes. Yep. All in fun. <laughs> okay. We're, 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 level okay. white. We're almost at the so end level of level white. white. Three weeks. Jeez, yeah. So white phase. Ago. Yes. It's three weeks and that's all rifle marksmanship. So we take them from, and they actually get to play a video game. The EST it's you. There's a weapon that it's just like the M4. It's approximately the same weight, functions the same, but it's fired with air and you're shooting at a screen. So obviously it's not actually shooting any projectiles. It's got a little laser that'll mark where you hit, helps them see how, how it's going to go and everything else. It's in a controlled environment. And then we'll move on to going to the actual range where they zero and then they're going to qualify. So understand that this happens over three weeks. This is not a one day and done thing on any of sure. it. And then we also do like dime washer drills and some other stuff up in the bay to help them because like I said, there's a lot of them that, most people don't realize you squeeze the trigger. You don't pull the trigger. 
Well, a lot of people want to pull the trigger and then I don't know why I'm not hitting the target. Well, because you're you jumped, you're yanking on it. Like it's a toy. Anyways. <laughs> so, so this happens over three weeks. It's all rifle marksmanship. And then we get to the, the most dangerous one that we do with them is actually not the range where they qualify. We do buddy team live fire and it's to simulate them moving under contact with their battle buddy who is also firing live rounds. So one of them is going to bound forward under the control of a drill sergeant. So we'll stand behind them. We'll hold a strap on the back of their IOTV, their bulletproof vest. And we'll be holding that so that if they were to, to turn, not that they're doing it on purpose, but just a natural reaction because like they're trying to talk to their buddy. Well, they might turn their whole body around to talk to them. We don't want them doing that because they might shoot towards them inadvertently, even though the weapon should be on safe. It's just all precautions. That's the most dangerous one because the guy that goes second is going to shoot with that other guy up there in front of him and the drill sergeant, obviously neither of us want to get shot. And we even tell the privates, like, if you shoot us, you better kill us because we're going to shoot back. Do you never take her on the ass? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a basic. <laughs> Randy, that's, that's a question for the Navy. I believe that's in the blue oh, face. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, before we move on to the blue or is face. that an Air Force thing? No? Before, no, that would be a Navy thing. Before we move on to the winner, the winner of the blue face, the blue face. <laughs> the winner of this year's Woman Farmer of the Year table. in Minnesota was Jane Goplin of Canby, Minnesota. That was Erica's competitor. Competitor. Yeah. And I think there was four other ladies. Well, congratulations. Just for the record, nobody's winning if they're taking it in the ass and blue face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this poor Jane had to get mentioned in the middle of that. I'm sorry, I Jane. Mean, come on. I'm sorry. So this is all three weeks back to back. Yeah. So everything is all back to back. So as soon as red phase ends, white phase begins. I mean, nothing stops. So There's nine no weeks straight. Yeah. And so the drill sergeant hours are still really long during white phase. Blue phase, they start to phase off a little bit. So now instead of being there until nine o'clock at night, or even in white phase, you might not be there until nine. You might only be there until eight, right? 7.30 if it's a really good day. And then blue phase comes and you might, might be able to get out of there and get home to see your family by 7, 7.30. It really, there's so many factors go into it. If it's a group of shitheads that you have. They probably feed off of each other, each other like children. But see? so do the drill sergeants. You know what keeps us like sane that whole time? It's the little pranks and jokes that we play on the privates. Yeah. Privates, I'm going to ruin this for you. Sometimes they actually clean the bathroom really well. But guess what? You're going to tear that fucker up and make him oh, do no. it again? I'm going to go in there and be like, who left, you know, like toothpaste. You, I'll take some toothpaste and just put it on there. Privates, who left their toothpaste? And then they're all blaming each other. Carl's in the sink? Huh? Please tell me. No, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> who didn't clean the sink? <laughs> no, no. None of us should in the sink. <laughs> oh, my God. We don't take them quite that far. <laughs> There's so many games that you have to play with them because you can't let their life be easy. Now, if they're ones that are actually doing well, we won't go as extreme. Like, well, maybe they're actually doing very well cleaning the barracks, but we're still going to nitpick here and there things just to keep them on their toes. But you're not going to smear the toothpaste somewhere. No, I, won't, I may not smear it. I might just find something stupid like, hey, who, why is this toilet paper not folded over like it's supposed to be? Like, just yeah. a little, Who left yeah. a pube on the toilet seat? That is a, always a good question and needs to be answered. Whose is it? No, we don't touch that. We he's just say, the, look. He's in there, looks over his shoulders, reaches down, plucks one out. 
<laughs> next to his tube of toothpaste. <laughs> oh, oh man. Lord. But okay. we, we do stuff like that to mess with them. So blue phase is easier, but blue phase is more into tactics. And then they also, they're big field training exercise. So like where they actually stay overnight for three nights. Do you have a favorite level? White phase. Rifle marksmanship is my favorite. Because, I mean, you can chime in on this. Obviously, I know it may not be your subject, but an army that can shoot and kill its enemy doesn't have to worry about marching. Right. Uh, that seems about right. But, like, I understand why it plays in. Marching is important because it teaches discipline. It teaches teamwork. There's a lot of things it teaches. It's drill and ceremony is what it's called, DNC. And it has its part. But I just full-hearted, like, wholeheartedly believe white phase is the most important. That's awesome. Do you get a break after the nine weeks then? Not in our case because we were OSIT. So OSIT's one station unit training. So they did basic with us. And then where most people would have like graduate, like family day and graduation. No, not these guys. That's their last big event. They crawl under the live fire, all this other stuff, right? And the live fire is way above them. It's not possible for them to get hit. They're going to say, oh, the bulls are right. No, they're like <laughs> 50 feet above them. I would assume the you military. Make damn sure that's not a liability. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to stick their head up and be like, whoa, what? And get shot. So you we say that because we want them to keep their head down and pay attention. But You do this like five days a week then? Seven days a week? Seven. Seven. The only day you get off, I should have started with this. So we have CQ. Some, there is a drill sergeant that stays in that building every night. It's a rotational basis. So like today might be my day. Tomorrow will be yours, Randy. Next day will be Becky's, then Zach's, then Chrissy's, then Tina's. Like it, it cycles so around. So when do you get a day off? Yeah. That is your day off the next day. So like if I do CQ, that means that I am there from zero five. You get to come in later. So, so you get one day off every six weeks? Uh, no, you'll get CQ off. And I say it's a day off, but you're up 24 hours. So you're going to sleep a good chunk of it. Sure. Plus all that you're tired already from everything else. But that is your day off. You don't have any scheduled days off. Now, once you get to white phase, you might, and I say might, because like I said, range weeks are very important. You might get a Sunday off. We do a rotational basis on Sundays, try to help each other out. Because there's, there's so many drill sergeants for each platoon. And if you have enough to where you can rotate, like, hey, I'll come in and do the morning, you might get a half day. So you won't get a full day off, but you'll get a little so break. So you guys work like 365 days? Fun fact. We did the math. We put in more hours in red phase alone in those three weeks than most people do in two months at a full-time job. When do you get a break? When, when they graduate. Learn? So it gets easier as we go in. So like OSIT, right? So after blue phase and basic training's over, they go to AIT phase. And now they're going to start, they're going to learn their MOS. So like combat engineers or bridge crew member, whatever they're learning, that's going to be their more focus. And we're actually out of there earlier those days. So like those days, you're usually home by five or six at night, probably six, because five, you might be getting done with training. So whoever's on CQ will take them to dinner. What's the full course? Over the amount of weeks? Yeah. Start 22. 22. Yeah. So you go 22 weeks. I guess it depends. So these guys are there together for four months. That's how long their OSIT was between basic training, their AIT training, and then the graduation day. So from start to finish, just shy of four months. Usually we get a one to two week break between cycles. We take leave so we can take some days off, go enjoy some, like take a week off, go do something with our family. Okay, so you get some vacation time. Yeah, so we'll take some days off. And then Christmas time, when we send all the privates home, we also take leave that time. So every four months you get a few days off. Yeah, for the most part. Like I said, in blue phase, you should get a Sunday off if 
things are going well. Same thing during AIT. Whoever's on CQ will come in. And then if like there's random stuff that the privates need, you might have to come in. But Sure. So do you mow your lawn at night? I didn't. So this is where Chrissy came in. I do all of the yard work. Why do you do it at night? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> because then the neighbors can't see her in a bikini. So, oh. <laughs> makes but sense. But it, it's awful for, you know, getting a suntan. Yeah, I would imagine so. So what's your background? Me? Did you come from a farm? Farm. Well, I came from a family. We did mostly small crop farming, like okay. nothing major. So you came um, from some agriculture? Yeah. Like what kind of crop? Just like CRP. And then we grew uh, vegetables and things like that and would sell them and nothing Pum- major. Pumpkins? Pumpkins are vegetable. No, we did like potatoes and corn and Ooh. squash, peppers, tomatoes, blackberries, like a variety. Yep a pretty big garden and then we'd sell them and we did a lot of hunting. That was our, our so main would, source of food. <laughs> did I miss, where did you grow up? Same place as him, Southern Illinois, oh, okay. a little bitty town called Pocahontas. Sure. She was from Pocahontas. I'm from Greenville. It's like eight miles apart. A couple small towns. Just a that, couple small town kids. <laughs> in this crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so now you're alfalfa. No. So sheep mixed grass. Hay. So, to explain the the whole concept of our farm. So we started off with the three and then we went, we bought 40 more. So we had a, a herd of, or a flock of 43. You went from three to 40? Three to 43. This was not really discussed. This was, hey, I think I'm going to go pick up some more sheep. And I come home uh, and there's 43 sheep, not three. And all of a sudden he needed help with them. Was oh, that- see, I was under the impression that he knew he was busy. So if you wanted the sheep, you were going to have to get up at 4 a.m. and help out. It gets better, Zach. You asshole. <laughs> well, it gets better. You know what? You should have shit in his sink. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't clean it anyway. <laughs> I didn't have time. You but- yell at her for leaving toothpaste out. There you go. But so, Zach, you know how you got- left the toothpaste next to the turd? You know how you got employee of the month at our Wyoming Life? I did. She's employee of the month at Freedom Farms. Every month? Every day. <laughs> you can't be employee of the month. Every, well, I guess you could, but anyways, there's you no, should, there's no plaque. So there's no, get yourself a plaque. <laughs> she got a trophy husband. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> so on the sheep part, you have, what did you call them? Hairless sheep? So they're hair sheep. And hair sheep. I saw that too. So you have two different ones. It's not wool, it's hair. Yeah, you got did wool you know or you that? got hair. And the hair... We, no, we actually researched right? and went towards hair because the wool is useless. And if you have ones that have wool, if you don't shear them, they're going to have Just like, looks like a small donkey. So I'm picturing. Wait a second. <laughs> so when you shear them, Go to the, go like to the YouTube channel, you can see them. Actually, you can see them on TikTok. Well, I've, I've we been put them, there, but I don't. So if you go on our TikTok, there's some where we rotate them. Have we mentioned that Freedom Farms is your YouTube channel? Yes, Freedom Farms is our YouTube channel. Freedom Farms USA is our handle for TikTok and Instagram. And Instagram. Yeah. And then I should specify this also. There's multiple Freedom Farms, apparently. Yes. So there's one in Pennsylvania or something like that, too. We are Freedom Farms, Roby, Missouri. So if Freedom Farms is the YouTube channel name. But if you just type in Freedom Farms, Roby, Missouri, it'll come up with us. And we, I don't know, we might be the top search now. I don't know. How do you spell Roby, Missouri? R-O-B-Y. R-O-B-Y. Romeo, Oscar, Bravo, Yankee. Is that on TikTok as well? Yeah, so we're on TikTok as Freedom Farms USA. 
you can't confuse us there because you know they only have one. Yeah, there's only one Freedom Farms USA. Apparently, there's more than one Freedom Farms though on YouTube. Which, in their defense, they might have been around earlier. We probably should research that. Actually, I researched Millennial Farmer, and that's how I ended up originally being the MN Millennial Farmer. Because ah. there already was a Millennial Farmer. I'm like, ah, I can't. Like, I don't want to take take that's his thing. Thinking. That's good thinking. Yeah, but he had, like hasn't posted since. This other one in Pennsylvania, they don't post either anymore. They're uh, I don't know what they are exactly. They do like concerts and stuff, but they're oh, they're not even. They're not, they're not I don't growing know. hair sheep. Yeah, they're not growing hair sheep. I can tell you that. So when you shear a hair sheep, you don't. They naturally shed. So they're going to so rub you against let them the, in and sit on the couch because it's. No, nah, no. Nice. Yeah, you'll have to vacuum. So what do you do with your sheep? So our sheep get. Milk them? Well, you can milk anything with nipples, Greg. I've heard. <laughs> but we do not milk them. They are bred as commercial Katahdins is what we have. Katahdin, Katahdin Dorper crosses. And. They're bred as commercial sheep for meat. So generally it's the Muslim community that reaches out to us and they buy them directly from us a lot of times. Not always, but. So you are basically like having cow calf? Essentially. Slight differences. Right now we're in the growing stage. So we actually keep all of our ewe lambs. And it makes it a little bit difficult because we cannot keep the same rams. So like the the five rams we have this year have to go away next year before because the ewe lambs, yeah, before the ewe lambs become of age to breed. Really? But it also works the same with the ram lambs. The ram lambs have a time limit. They can't stay at our farm for more than six months or they're of breeding age, and they might breed their mom or their sister or whoever. Can't you just ask them not to do that? They should know better. You could. Well, and we tried throwing condoms at them. It didn't work. Didn't so work at all? They didn't understand. They couldn't read the packaging. Navy rams? <laughs> <laughs> That brings me to the other thing about our rams. We'll come back to the first set of rams we bought, but that's exactly how we market them. And then whatever we don't sell directly from our farm, we'll end up going to the sale barn. What do you do with the used rams then after a year? Sell them for me? I say a lot of times, so the Muslim community likes to have the adult rams. Other times they like to have the ram lambs, which a lamb is basically a sheep that is less than one year old. What about, what do you do with the Ram Malama ding dogs? <laughs> well, we don't castrate them. And the reason behind that is the Navy requests. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the, the Muslim community and the Jewish community will not eat them if they're not intact. It's not halal for Muslims and it's not kosher for Jewish. So do you sell them a live animal? We will sell them a live animal. We let them harvest the animals at our farm sometimes. Other times we deliver a trailer full to a butcher of their choosing. It just depends because they have certain standards that have to be met when they're harvested. Are they okay if it's a used ram? <laughs> that used ram sounded funny. <laughs> Previously owned. <laughs> the question's never come up. <laughs> huh. Oh, man. So the Muslim communities or the communities that are buying the rams, are also purchasing the yearlings or the young stock? The ram lambs, yes, sometimes. Our ewe lambs are not for sale because, like I said, we're building our flock. So we started We started with three. We bought 40 more. Call it a flock? Sheep flock? Flock, herd. Flock, herd, I think pride. It's a, I'm pretty sure a flock. Gaggle. flock. I heard a flock gaggle. is the correct School. term. A gaggle. Yeah. <laughs> School. Like, let's go with that. <laughs> pride. Yeah. Pride of sheep. Yeah. Yeah, so we're growing them. So we, like I said, we bought three, bought 40 more. So it gave us a total of 43. There was a sharp learning curve and we lost, oh man, we probably lost 10 
the first year. Just parasites being do novice. Do you do that thing where they dip them into the water? Where you, where you dunk them full no, underwater? No, no. We, we actually have a better way to parasite. It really is resist. a thing. I think it's Australia does a lot of that, isn't it? I have the no cows, idea. The cows, everything will go through this. They dump have like tank. a pool. They go completely underwater. They like walk them into this little mm-hmm. thing that's got a top and a bottom, steel top and a bottom, and then it's on hydraulics, and they just dip oh, it into the seen pool. That with the they go. So the cattle, they'll they'll make them jump into like this tank, so they go completely underwater and then come back so up. Does that make them holy because they're being baptized? Or? That's what I was gonna say. They're baptized. Ah. Or what's, Apparently, what's it's a bug thing. It's for it's bugs. Parasites. Yeah, and so then they, they do that. When they're born, so no, like adult, born, like every just every then. once in a while, yeah. I think they just. Get I don't a little know that bit. that would work for sheep because the sheep. In, they, I've they seen do? sheep. They put them in the cage, like you said, and it puts them underwater for a few. And then it comes right back up. Because the reason I say that is because so like we we do rotational grazing. So okay, so the three to forty three, right? We lost several because of parasites being idiots and just not knowing any better. That brought us to rotational grazing. Because we could not keep up well enough deworming them to get them parasite free and hope that they build a parasite resistance. If you deworm them with, say, valbazin today, and then next week they need dewormed again because they're still in that same pasture, you have to use something different. So let's say I use valbazin last week, this week we use prohibit, next week we're using safeguard. Eventually, all those parasites actually build resistance to all of those dewormers. Sure. And now all of them are useless. So the idea behind rotational grazing is. One, if you did have a worm problem, you deworm them, move them to the next pasture. That should stop your problem. Not always. Should. Is this going to be better than speed walking? Hit play on that. (laughs) You seem to enjoy the speed walking thoroughly. The dipping of the sheep. Okay, so they put all the sheep in a cage? It's in a cage on a hydraulic system. (laughs) They put them all in a box, put the cage over the top. It's an expanded steel. When I first saw the video, I was like, oh, geez, Peter really staged this. It's crazy. They're trying to find out where the leader is. They just put, what was there, 20 sheep in there? Yeah. Probably. How long are they keeping them under? (laughs) I don't know, but (laughs) there's a lot of bubbles coming out. How come they don't get back up? I need sound. Seems natural. I need sound too. <laughs> so are they going to drown the parasites well, inside the sheep? Well, that's what I'm like. You would think the animals would get pneumonia. As they or, close it, they're all like half smiling like, oh, it's a ride. <laughs> oh, this will be fun. <laughs> this is going to be so much more. The water's getting deep, Frank. <laughs> Frank, bring me up. It's This is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't cheat. So if you don't see this, or if you haven't seen this, look up on YouTube, sheep baptizing or dunking. Sheep Sheep dunking. dunking. They put them in a cage, I guess, and they submerge them underwater for, that was probably 20 seconds. I'm surprised you don't hear like a collective. (gasps) (laughs) When they come back up. (laughs) It's odd. There was like no noise. You just, you could hear the machines. They're probably shocked. What the the hell happened? What was that? (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. So the rotational grazing concept that we came up with was we're going to make five acre paddocks. So I should also mention, we started with 10 acres. We bought 20 acres more, given us 30 in 2018. And then 2019, we bought 47 more. So how how many acres do you require for like a pair? Oh, is there a less than an acre? You can run seven to 12 sheep with their lambs on one acre, which we'll get back into that as far as the sheep first cow acreage requirements. But the rotational grazing, we came up with the idea that, hey, we're gonna, we've got 77 acres, roughly 25 of it is a hayfield, and two acres is like our home, you know, the house, the shop, the barn, 
So in collective, we have 50 acres to divide up and make paddocks. So they're all close to, they're four to five acres. Some are four, some are five. We have a 10, four to five acre size paddocks. And then we have two lambing paddocks that we really don't use as lambing paddocks anymore since we have a livestock barn now. And then we have the barnyard. They start in paddock one on say today, they will not return to paddock one until two months later. And the reason behind that is they rotate every five days. The parasites that are in their system, when they're going in there and they're dropping manure or fresh dirt, as I like to call it, that is what is going to basically hatch in six days. So if they're shitting on their way in, if you move them five days from then, they don't get a chance to re-ingest and exponentially raise their parasite level because they're always going to have parasites, but there's a, a tolerant amount that the sheep themselves can fight off and resist. So the idea is that the parasites will die before they get back to that paddock? Yes, because they won't have a host. In the summertime, that works well. In the spring and fall, eh, it's a little harder because the cooler heat and dry kills parasites, whereas cold and wet makes them thrive and they can last much longer. After they hatch, they go up, they'll be in the bottom four inches of the blade of grass and that's where they're ingested from. Believe it or not, it's hard to teach a sheep how to measure grass and say, hey, don't eat below this. So right. the next best thing was well. rotational grazing. So we do that and that has worked well. We have not dewormed in two years now. We put up over 17,000 feet of fencing to make that happen and then built our livestock barn all in the same year. So are, you're not using any <clears throat> medication for we, parasites no, anymore? No, and we actually, and I know a lot of people that are sheep shepherds are going to- <laughs> Sheep people? Yeah, I know the sheeples, sheep yeah. They're going to be a little upset. We do not even, we don't even give a CD&T vaccine, which CD&T protects against overeating disease. And it also protects against like tuberculosis, which they can pick that up from other animals and also from the ground. That's why the rams that we bring in are from a trusted source. The same guy that we bought our first 40 from is the same guy we get our rams from. The first few years, the first two years, we did do CD&T, but then we realized that it's not the money. It's just the, the effort that it takes to give it to them. and the risk isn't there to really say that it's a reward in our case, because we don't bring, or a closed flock, we don't bring anything in other than rams that are from a trusted source. Sure. I need to go back to the dip them in the water thing. I'm okay with that because I'm blown away. How does that get rid of the parasites? I have What's no idea. The theory? They, we don't, nobody knows. I, I don't know that nobody because. Knows. That's just something we all just stumbled on. It's possible it has nothing to do with getting rid of parasites and I just said Maybe that. it's just a bath. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bath. They just stink. The herds stink. They do stink. I will say that. So does it say how, Tina? Googling. I like it. Hold them underwater long enough. They take a breath and it flushes. I was just going to say, they start breathing. External parasites, like lice, fleas, shit like that. But that gets rid of them? Like, can't they just cling to the hair follicle? But I guess guess those were all wool sheep. Australia does it with cows, too. They'll run cattle through these dunk tanks. I don't know. The cows just jump into it and they go completely underwater. Oh, the cows are on board. Oh, hell yeah, swimming time. Yeah, they swim out or can walk out. Cannonball? Cows float. Oh, so it's like a, it's a gradual, they can walk out kind of type thing. They jump in and it's a, it's a big splash. They jump in and go all the way <laughs> Are they expecting they, a bottom? Like, right. like when yeah, you I think so. you're at the end of the steps and then boom. Well, Gone. By the videos, they've done it before because they usually all jump pretty violently into it. Oh, they must they like take it. a big old leap. I mean, I guess for cows, it makes sense for them to be comfortable with it because a lot of them, like in our area, ponds were a big thing as far as providing their water source for the pasture they're in. And they'll walk in it 
you know, all the way up and they just keep their nose. But do they cannonball? Mike, do you dip your paddle? You know, they need a, I'm going to tell Jason. Actually, do a what? A pour on. pour on. Yeah, pour on warmer for them. Yeah, all right. So if you guys are interested in a pour on cattle situation, you got to tune oh into the gosh. next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I pour barbecue sauce onto my cattle. You know, or A1. There you go. That's like how the bison meat comes pre-seasoned with Lowry's. Because really? they fed him. They feed him Lowry's? They fed him garlic salt. That's right. He fed oh. him garlic salt to keep the flies off. Does it say Mike before the Lowry's? You know, Mike Lowry. <laughs> it was a red salt and he said it also had garlic in it. And it so was, the garlic was to prevent parasites? He said flies, I think. Oh. Yeah. So see, they have the same concept with sheep. Like if you feed them garlic. It's a natural parasite. Or I fed my de-wormer. chickens apple cider vinegar before. I know that yeah. I've heard that. And I think that would work, but I don't think it's on the same concept as a sheep. I mean, you think about it, they're drinking. It, it has to be a lot I of, I would think. Probably too. a gallon a day, roughly. Oh, can you Depending imagine drinking a gallon of apple cider Well, let me say they're drinking a gallon of water <laughs> is what I mean. So like yeah. to dilute it to the right mixture. When I was so, pregnant, I would drink apple cider vinegar for heartburn. Oh, yeah. The smell of that makes me gay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Makes me gag. It worked. Good for you. When he said he doesn't know what sheep's drink, I was going to say ram's piss. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Well, it depends how frisky they are. It might be their cum. It's a a great movie. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Ram's piss. (laughs) Deworming is complex, but never have we gotten to the point where we're like, we need to put a pool into, you know. Drowned them Baptize the sheep. (laughs) I mean, I guess it'd be a good farm write-off, though. In-ground pool. There you go. Now you're thinking. <laughs> now you're thinking. You just drain the water once they're done. The IRS shows up and you just dump a little something in there. Be like, yep, this is what deworms are. Sheep like. in it. You just leave a sheep in it at all times. <laughs> Don't leave them in too long. <laughs> oh, that one's overdue. So yeah. this farm you bought then, was it tied to the family at all? No. Or you you had to find a farm. We found, well, we didn't even find a farm. We just found a piece of land that had a house and a barn and turned we, it into a farm. Yeah. So like we built like my wife and I literally built a 40 foot by 140 foot livestock barn ourselves. We hired the concrete. 40 feet long. Yeah. We hired the concrete done and then we did everything else. And then COVID hit. Yards of concrete is that? A hundred and it was like 101, 110, something like that. Good Lord. Because we have stem walls too, because the bottom is for storing manure. As winter goes on, if it's wet out or whatever, and we can't spread it, we just store it down there. How long did you say it was? 40 foot by 140 foot. And then we've got the walls start at six inches and it's on a slope. We did that so we could wash it. Sure. Thinking yeah. that we would wash yeah. it and we never washed it, but well, it's still handy in case yeah. we ever decide to. Yeah. So it starts at six inches and then it goes down and then it drops. It has a step in that wall and then it goes down again and it'll get to four feet tall by the time it gets to the bottom. And there's two doors, one on the east side and one on the west side at the bottom. So we can actually drive straight through because the bedding that we use in there is sawdust we get oak saw, we have sawmills all over the place in Missouri and we just go to the local one. We throw some sides on our flatbed trailer and have it, you know, go down there and have them fill it up. And then now we have a hydraulic dovetail on our trailer so we can take the skid steer up there to unload it. Eventually we'll probably end up doing either, I don't know, a small dump or something. It is time consuming, but yeah, it's not the end of the world. A lot so safer you, than what we were doing. Do you have other livestock other than the sheep? No, not. We had horses for, we still have them right now, but. We're just so Those busy. are just hay burners, right? They are, and we're just so busy right now. I don't know that we. It's just hard to make it work with all the time. I mean, Chrissy's already doing chores and stuff for me while I'm at work, and then although she did want the horses though, so I, I didn't bring those home. 
So are you doing any YouTube stuff? No. No? No, I'm not doing YouTube stuff. That's not all, on purpose. That's, that's all on him. That's, that's, that's not that's true. She's in, there, she's in there sometimes. She's camera shy. Yeah. But I will say that most of the videos that have her on the thumbnail always get more views. It's funny how that works, huh? Yeah. Isn't it? I always say he's my YouTube pimp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> yeah, so we built everything. Basically, there's a house and barn there. We built a livestock barn because the other barn we store the tractor in, the baler, brush hog, anything we can store in there. We built a lean-to off of it, too. And then, you know, we got a grain bin, not like your guys' grain bin, a feed grain bin. So it's got a cone at the bottom so we can get grain out to feed them. We built a shop this year. It is a farm need because half the time we take something apart and then we're waiting for parts and we don't have anywhere good to put it. And then it rains and, right. you know, or you lose the parts that you hadn't. Right. And they order more parts. Yep. You can understand that. Yep. It was a fight, but where we see it going is 350 head. That's what we're going to maintain. What are you up to now? We're at 117 or 120. I didn't count before. You're one third the way there. One third of the way there. And we've got five years until I retire from the army to be there. Oh, so so that'll help. When you want to retire, that's a good retirement like plan, right? Yeah. And so the the farm will be fully functional by then. So then we'll actually know if it's going to produce the income we need or if I need to find another job after the army, which I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I just don't necessarily want to do it. Right. Like we talked about earlier, I do believe that inherently most people are good, but some people's kids. Suck ass. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's some people's kids. I will say this, though. As a drill sergeant, it gave me a lot more confidence in my kids. Because at first, you're like, I don't know if my kids are going to be all right or not. Uh After seeing some others that are 18, and you're like, son of a, like, my my seven-year-old boy can do this. Come on. I'm kind of convinced, though, that the kids, like, they hit, like, 10. They go up. They do so good. You're like, they improve every year. And then they, they, like, plateau for a bit and then they nosedive for like four years and they just turn into just complete idiots and you're like what are we going to do with you we haven't got there yet but i really hope you're wrong <laughs> no i'm i don't know i don't think that's true and then and then they slowly start to come back like it's a weird thing so that, just like us for some reason i just i keep thinking of our, our niece yeah <laughs> <laughs> but she did that I mean, think about when she lived with us when she was four or when she was in fourth and fifth grade and she was, you know, a normal fourth or fifth grader. And then she came when she was 13 or 14 and it was okay. And then all of a sudden it just went like, who are you? So the deal. Interesting. So I have a philosophy. So my wife set our kids up for success and failure in school because she stayed at home with them when until they got to school age to go to school. all day. We did that. Yeah. Yeah. And she gave them a really good education, like a s- strong foundation. Like they read books all the time. They're, that's good. But they were bored in school a little bit because somebody went a little above and beyond. It's Nobody likes an overachiever. It's the natural right, Randy? teacher in me. But either way, I've been telling them since day one that at 18, you got to go somewhere else. You can't stay here. And of course... It's also really easy to say that for a long time. And then it's like, oh, good. But I have my daughter convinced. She tells my wife all the time. She's like, I think dad's really going to kick me out at 18. I want her to believe that. Well, now she'll listen to this podcast. and I won't let her listen to it know. because I don't want her to know the truth. <laughs> I would honestly let them, if they really are, you know, they're going to school or something like that, doing something productive, sure. I'll help you out until you get on your feet. No problem. But I refuse to have you be. A deadbeat yeah, in the basement. Exactly. Like, you can't do that. The army's always hiring. That's the drill sergeant in you. Well, if times really get tough, you can always go to the Marines. They, I, so I, like to, so I grew up with a military man. He was in the Navy. I know, you know, not the army, 
But, it's like uh, the Boy Scouts. It's close. Washing the dishes growing up for me was about the most traumatic thing of my <laughs> life because you could never, ever do it right. Like when I hear you talk about cleaning the bathroom, that's what it was like every single time I washed the dishes at that house until the day that I moved out. I guarantee you if I went back there today and tried washing the dishes in my mother's kitchen, I wouldn't do it right. Is it like that? Are you like a drill sergeant to your kids? Like, no, it's hard to turn on. I will say that, but like, (laughs) there's times that I, you know, like any other parent, or I'm like, why are you doing this? Why? Or like, are you just trying to make me? I yell at kids all day at work. I don't want to come home and do it again. I do have to, uh, this is Onyx's bathroom down here and we had him clean it before you guys came. And I just went in there to use the bathroom and I noticed, and this is his bathroom. So can blame it on him, but I noticed a little oh, pee on the floor. Oh, that and was I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was wait until the drill sergeant comes in here and sees this bathroom. Like, I'm going to send you on in there to teach Onyx how to clean the bathroom. <laughs> See, what you do is you take away the tools that they have and you make them do it really hard. Like, you give them a toothbrush. Uh, then all of a sudden they start appreciating that the toilet brush. Uh, now, the kids and like, I can understand the difference, but it's hard to understand the difference on a, you know, an 18 year old kid. They yeah, should have some a, sort of life experience as far as, you know, clean up after themselves or feeding themselves or anything of that nature oh, at minimum. Gosh. So, oh, so the sheep versus cows. And I'm sure that Mike and Aaron might be able to, because obviously their ground, it's going to be different across the United States. But for Missouri, for instance, you need three acres to run a cow-calf pair. And with sheep, I can run anywhere from seven to 12 adult use with their babies, however many babies they produce per acre. So now let's just stay on the, the low side of it and say we do seven per acre. So on that same three acres, now I'm running 21 head of sheep opposed to one cow-calf pair. And that cow-calf pair will never be able to make the same amount of money on that same acreage. And not only that, but they also require so much more hay. Like before we had the livestock barn, we were feeding a third of a bale. This was when we only had 53 adult ewes that lived with us for the winter, right? With their babies. And we would feed a third of a five by five round bale, which is roughly 300 and some odd pounds that we're feeding a day of dry haylage. And we'd roll it out for them. Now they'd pick and choose what they're going to eat, of course. And then they'd supplement more off the grass that's out there and and available. When we went to a, a livestock barn, it went from needing, you know, basically one round bale, one five by five round bale per head to about half a round bale, one half of a five by five round bale per head per day, or sorry, per, I mean, per winter. Yeah. I'll have one too, Zach. We'll see. I mean, I I know they're feeding a lot more, but like, sure. In our area. Starting out with the low acreage. Yeah. It's, it's also understandable to like a a cow calf pair would go through a bale a a month. So if we're feeding, we'll just say we're feeding for five months, you know, say that winter's a little long that year. So five months needing five round bales that you're going to buy because you only have three acres to feed these guys. It's 40, let me say them for 40 bucks a bale. It's $200 right there. Plus whatever grain or supplements or anything else you need to give them. I mean, you're not making any money that that calf is going to sell for sure. 700 to a thousand. Maybe do you, do you, uh, you feed any grains? We do. We have a, a supplement that's mixed up at our local MFA. We call them, tell them what we want. Okay. So we you get some probiotics all. and prebiotics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a grain, like a hopper, like I was telling Zach that. Sure. Yeah. That's all we oh, do yeah, is about there. Yeah. 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 And last year we fed in the barn. This year we're going to put that, um, that feed trough. We're going to move it outside 
and we're going to make a feed lot essentially right outside the, the barn that'll be fenced off. So they can't go anywhere else. They come out there, they eat their grain, they go back in. Okay. And then it'll be, it's graveled and everything. So they won't have, it'll also help with their feet because they're, you do have to trim their feet if they, or provide something for them to at least walk on that will kind of wear it down. Otherwise you're going to be trimming them off. Uh, you have to trim them. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, once you get it, an understanding of how it works, it's really not that bad, but my God, our lambs dumb. Like, I mean, the gate is right here, you know, two feet to its right. And it'll still sit there, keep bouncing into the fence, trying to get mom, mom will come back and try to show it to go through the gate. And it's still bouncing into the fence. Like that was, that was our biggest struggle. Lambs are just dumb and we don't give any hormones or anything to make them breed at a certain time. They breed off of daylight. So they typically breed right about now when it's the longest days of the year and it's starting to start getting shorter days, which is great for us because they're going to be in the barn. So it's a controlled environment for us. We're feeding hay, we feed much less hay because it's a controlled environment and we wrap it with cattle panels to make it to where they don't waste so much. So, I mean, it's, that is the the way to go when I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you can land on pasture. A controlled environment is just so much easier. It, it takes all the guesswork out. You know what they're going to get fed. You already can calculate that. You can, everything is, is forecasted at that point. We're just awkwardly looking at you. Yeah. Why is everyone staring at me? Yeah. <laughs> We're just seeing what the employee of the month looks like. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? Go army beat Navy. <laughs> That's definitely getting in there. <laughs> oh, the two Rams. The first two Rams we bought, we were convinced that they liked each other more than the ladies. We never seen them touch the ladies or anything. They did breed. Navy Rams? I was convinced. <laughs> I was certain of it. But they did breed, so it turns out they weren't gay. But I mean, we Maybe really they were just on the spectrum. Or I mean, they could be on the spectrum. Those two walked around by, like they were holding know. hands the whole time in the pasture. The ladies would be over here. These two would be over here. Bro Rams. <laughs> they were bro Rams. They had a bro Rams for sure. Bro Rams. Yeah. <laughs>